0: Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Wednesday and we're here to talk about AEW Dynamite. I apologize for not doing a Monday Night Raw review. If you guys saw the wrestling wrap up Monday morning, you probably noticed that I was losing my voice and by the time Raw was over, well, my voice was not 100% gone, but it hurt to talk like my throat was wrecked sick for a day or so, but I'm better now still got a cough, which I've. Always had that never goes away, but sore throat gone and all that. So we're good. I'm good. We have a interesting dynamite to talk about. Started off with a really good match, ended with a really good match, had a good match kind of in the middle and then some meh things. So as far as my thoughts on the show, I thought it was a tale of two shows. There was a lot of good, but for me, there was a lot of, I don't care. Luke, what's going on,
1: and what do you think of tonight's Dynamite? Luke, what's up? Uh-oh. Have we lost Luke or something? Uh, he's trying to talk. I, um, was I muted for you? Hold on. I don't hear you at all. Uh Uh-oh!
0: Technical difficulties. We were fine literally a minute
1: and a half ago, two minutes ago. All right, what I'm gonna do here? We're gonna I'm gonna disconnect from the Discord call and reconnect with Luke. Reconnect. See if this works. Mm. Literally, we were good like a minute ago. Uh Uh-oh, what happened? Where
0: is Luke? Did he disconnect as well? I didn't want for him to disconnect.
1: All right, let me try something. Let's disconnect. Do the call. Uh Uh-oh, whoa. My Discord just wigged the fuck out. My Discord just restarted itself. What the hell? All right, we got Luke back. I don't know if he can hear me. His video is loading up.
0: Let's see what happens. Can you hear me? We're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. I don't know what happened there.
1: We were fine, and then it all went to hell. But as far as tonight's show, what did you think of Dynamite? Weird
2: stuff going on. But I, I just thought it was just a pretty like inconsistent Dynamite. Yeah. Sense.
0: That's kind of like what I said. I don't know if you heard what I said, because I might have been muted for you by accident. But I basically said... It was like a lot of good stuff, and then a lot of I didn't care at all stuff. It was kind of just like, and I guess that really goes into what you said as far as the show feeling inconsistent. But with that, before we get going, I got to say thank you. If you are watching live, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited, or if you're watching or listening later, whether that's youtube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can be like Cold Cuts KC recently did and subscribe with a tier one subscription, or you can be like This guy, Luke Pedkey, and subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime or access to anybody's Amazon Prime account, whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody, then you can get Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff for games, and that always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. But on the flip side, if you're watching over on YouTube, you can help us out over there as well by becoming a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access podcast episodes, early access non news videos, try not to sneeze, and so much more, just like all of our graphics packages. I don't know if you guys have seen any of our Royal Rumble 2023 videos yet, but we got new graphics for that. And we're going to teach you some pretty cool things as far as the background does go with those graphics. And Maybe some other cool tricks like 3D work. Maybe I'll, I'll throw some 3D stuff in there since I did 3D in those graphics. But also remember you can get all of that by heading over to patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. And finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Games Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse, use our code right down here, PWUnlimited, at checkout, and you will be directly supporting us at no extra cost. Again, whether you're getting one of the new games, whether you're claiming one of the free games, or you're just getting stuff for some of the games you already play. Use code PWU-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D at checkout for all Epic Games and Epic Game Store purchases. But as far as Dynamite does go, show itself kicked off with John Moxley against Adam Hangman Page. Or is it... I, I, they say it differently sometimes. Sometimes they'll say Hangman Adam Page, but then sometimes they'll say Adam Hangman Page. And then a lot of times it's just Hangman or Hangman Page. But whatever. Um I think it
2: really matters though.
0: No, it really doesn't. But um this match, I loved this match. I thought this match was so good, a great opener, and then a weird angle at the end where they basically wanted us to think that, uh oh, now the roles are reversed, and Hangman gave Moxley a concussion. But Excalibur did point out before the match started that it's been eighty five days since Paige is having a match. The started off as, well, a slugfest. These two just throwing hands. The referee had to pull the two apart, and um, he pulled Page off of Moxley, who tried to go for a lariat, and Page um, got countered, and he missed the lariat before getting a forearm to the face by Moxley. Moxley set up Page in the corner and raked the back with his hands and his teeth. Didn't expect that one, his teeth. Moxley couldn't get an armbar on, so he had a series of released German suplexes instead. Moxley again went for a lariat, but Page turned it into an exploder suplex. Page locked on the buck, looked to go for the buckshot, and Moxley sent him crashing into the guardrail. Page then hit a comeback lariat on the floor, but Moxley turned Page inside out with a lariat in the ring for a two. Moxley then controlled the action through the commercial break, as we saw the picture-in-picture picture stuff. But Page did battle back, hit a back suplex and a lariat to kind of like reset things as we came back from the break. Back from the break, both men were slow to get to their feet and they started trading forearms before Page hit a followaway slam, a kip up, and then Moxley tried for the German, but Page landed on his feet and leveled Mox with a, with a lariat. Moxley rolled outside and Page hit a big, and I mean bigger than normal moonsault off the top rope to the floor, smacking his back on the guardrail. He seemed fine though. There was a buckshot that was missed in the ring. And Moxley kind of transitioned that into a death rider, but Page did kick out a two. There were some anvil elbows from Moxley, and then a bulldog choke into a standing pile driver. Page kicked out a one off of that one. Crowd was firmly behind Hangman here, and so Moxley, well, flipped the crowd off. He sank in a sleeper hold, looked for another pile driver, and Page countered it with a dead eye. Which Moxley basically no sold into a curb stomp and then fell over. Basically, he collapsed. There was more forearms and headbutts and palm strikes and slaps and all kinds of stuff until Page hit a lariat and a buckshot to put away Moxley and pick up the ma- pick up the victory. Then, after the match, Moxley like you don't really see it, but they kind of gave us a little play by play here where Moxley stood up and then fell down, knocking over the referee. Doctor gets in the ring to check on him, and we're supposed to think that maybe he's got a concussion. After the commercial break, Excalibur and Taz then come back, and they're like, well, oh, we just wanted to inform you and let you guys know that the doctor actually had to assist John Moxley to the back. We don't want to make any assumptions on what we think could have happened, but we hope Moxley's okay as he's being checked on by medical. And unless I missed anything, I didn't hear them say any sort of an update on Moxley past the commercial after the match. Did they, or no? Uh,
2: no. But
0: well, what did you think of the match?
2: It was a great opener. Good way to get the fans all hyped throughout the rest of the show. I mean, where they're trying to go the route of, like, first, Fox gave Hangman concussion. Now, Hangman gave the concussion. Like, really?
0: Yeah, and the weird thing is, though, it's they're playing off reality because Hangman's concussion was real. Mox's is not real. What I believe is maybe Mox is finally getting that time off that he was supposed to get last summer. Maybe that's what this all is.
2: I can see them doing, doing one more match chat Revolution. Maybe they give Mox a little bit of time off and then they go back to, like, Three weeks before Revolution, say, "Hey, let's sell this at Revolution."
0: So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven dynamites before Revolution. I could see that. I could see that they're one and one in the trilogy at the pay-per-view.
2: <clears throat> yeah, Moxley's time off.
1: Yeah, because I think he was supposed to take like six weeks before, anyways.
0: So they give the little update on John Moxley needing help to the back. And then Excalibur sends it to Tony Schiavone in the ring. Where Tony Schiavone says, I would like to introduce my next guest. And then we hear, it's all about the boom. And out comes Adam Cole to a, not just in this room, but in that building as well. Huge ovation. I lost my shit when I saw Adam Cole. When his music hit, I was like, no, frick away. No, frick away. Don't be teasing us. Don't be. And then he came out. And I was like, oh, man. Because I'll say it right now. Out of all current pro wrestlers, my three favorite are Brian Danielson, Kevin Owens, and Adam Cole. And it's been that for some time. So seeing Adam Cole back was awesome. And he tried to swerve us a little, make us think that he had bad news, but he didn't. He actually had really, really good news. So this place was going absolutely bonkers for Adam Cole. Cole introduces everybody to story time with Adam Cole, baby. Cole said that he has good news and bad news. He said he's always wanted to be a pro wrestler. And now he gets to do it in AEW, the best company in the world. Excuse me. He uh, said that being injured made him realize how much he misses all of this. And all you know, with the shoulder and the head injuries and everything, he learned that. It's not just about wrestling, but it's about his life as well and his livelihood. He said he went through the troubles over the last however many months. I think it was six months or so. And said that he can't thank the fans enough for all their support. He even mentioned fans that would say, I can't wait till I hang or I can't wait till Adam Cole is back. But then there was other fans that said, I don't care if Adam Cole ever returns. I just want him to be healthy. He said that all of that really stuck with him and he couldn't thank the fans anymore. Cole then says, but I did tell you I have some bad news. And the way he said it with the smirk on his face, I knew exactly where he was going. He couldn't couldn't hide the smile. He goes, "Ah, it ain't bad news for me. It's bad news for the AEW locker room because Adam Cole is back and I'm not going anywhere. Cole said that he isn't done and he won't stop until he's at the top and the very best in this industry. He said he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can do in all elite wrestling. He said today, a new Adam Cole was born. One day, he'll be on the top of this mountain. I thought this was awesome. This was great. And this is the Adam Cole that I know we love. Because I don't know exactly what was going on. But before the concussion and before Forbidden Door and everything, I felt like Adam Cole was phoning. And maybe this isn't the right word to use. Phoning it in a little bit. And kind of just there. Maybe it was that he was dealing with a shoulder injury and he wasn't really feeling 100% and this and that. And then he got the concussion. We haven't seen him since. So I'm glad that we got this Adam Cole. I wonder what kind of Adam Cole we're going to get because he came off absolute babyface. So I don't know if he's going to go back to being a heel. Right now, unless he rejoins the elite, he's by himself. Bobby Fish is gone. And Kyle O'Reilly is out for an undisclosed amount of time because he's dealing with complications from a surgery. So, I be, I'm, I, I'm interested to see what they do with Adam Cole because there's options, but not as many as you would think. What did you think of the promo and Adam Cole being back and stuff?
2: I like the promo. And yeah, like Adam Cole, he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Like my, my three like current favorite wrestlers are Adam Cole, Giannino, and Karrion Cross. Adam Cole, like he's a really big baby face, but yeah, like it's going to be like very like questionable, like, like what does next. Honestly, you can't really put him in the elite because he had bucks in his last appearance.
1: True.
2: How you can really just like put him back. I mean, one thing I can think of, maybe they can, he can do like a rivalry match with like Kenny Omega or like Adam Cole's the baby face and Kenny's like you have nobody else. Like you're alone against us three fun um
0: is there any way you could turn your mic up a little bit people are saying you're not loud enough um but i know that at one point they wanted to do the elite against the undisputed elite but now there really isn't an undisputed elite so
1: yeah Can you hear me now? Is it good? Uh, can you go a little bit more?
2: <clears throat> I mean, I could try scooting it up a little bit.
1: That works. But... So, I mean,
0: he didn't really say what his goal was other than to be at the top of the mountain. So, I mean, eventually, I guess he's going to challenge for the world title again. But as far as what he does now, I guess it's just rebuilding him and getting him some wins. So we'll probably just see for the next couple of weeks or however many, I don't know. Because he's been gone so long, it's hard to predict what they would even do with him and who he can feud with. But I can just see him in just random matches on Dynamite and Rampage just to pick up some wins.
2: Something that I th- they don't do with him is just like, Some random two guys with him Just to make it seem like uh, Got someone with him Even though like Kyle O'Reilly's injured And we no longer have Bobby Fish Right I fear that Honestly that kind of Hurt him a lot
0: I think so too So then we go to the back With the Acclaimed There's the Acclaimed and Daddy Ass They said that they'll be on Rampage And that they're receiving a they're, they're all receiving stars on the Walk of Fame. They'll be joined by greats like Roseanne Barr, Alec Baldwin, Donald Trump, and Johnny Depp. And I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. And then they just kind of cut it. I have no clue what this is. They're, they're going to be on Rampage to do something. I don't know. It's whatever. Then for me, this is one of the dips. This is where the dip started. Jungle Hook against The Firm. It was all right. But for some reason, most of this match, or at least a good majority, was during the commercial,
1: which was kind of weird. Moriarty and... Go it's forward. just
2: one of those matches. Just... It's just like kills some time.
1: Yeah. But the the
0: The big question, though, is... Does Hook and Jungle Boy remain a team? Because Jungle Boy did just come out of being in a tag team, so I kind of want to see him be more on his own and build him up for, like, the TNT title
2: or something. I was kind of hoping for, like, after him and Luchasaurus are, like, no longer a team. Right. Like, I was kind of hoping, like, all right, they're going to focus more on Jungle Boy being a singles guy, like this big baby face that could eventually be the TNT title.
1: Right.
0: So Moriarty and Perry started off the match and they traded some chops early on until Jungle Boy hit a springboard arm drag into a drop kick. Hook quickly took Moriarty down in a short arm scissor as Moriarty suffered double team offense. Perry tried a dive through, where was I? Perry tried to dive through the ropes onto Big Bill who caught him and tried another apron choke slam as Hook stopped it from happening. Big Bill and Moriarty controlled Perry during the entire picture-in-picture break. Like I said, a lot of this is not most of this match took place during the break. We even saw them trash talking Ken Jiang at ringside. Perry, at one point, um, powered out of a uh, power bombed out of a submission and made it to the hot tag of Hook, who threw Moriarty all over the place until Big Bill stepped in. Hook showed no fear, and after a few attempts, T Bone suplexed the big man. Moriarty and Perry win at it as Hook took out Big Bill on the outside with a dive while Perry got the, snap, the snare trap on Moriarty to pick up the victory. So they're calling him Jungle Hook picks up the win. I mean, the suplex of Hook from, of yeah, Hook, Hook suplex on Big Bill was impressive looking because of the height disparity and stuff. But other than that, it was just a match. It was just there, and it, like you said, felt like time filler.
2: I can't call this guy like W Morse anymore. It's just like straight up Big Bill.
0: Oh yeah, no. Like, if you if you look at the graphics and everything, it's Big
1: Bill.
2: I wonder if Jungle Hook like like I'm kind of hoping they, they don't them as a tag team because yeah, it just seemed like one of those like random tag teams. I'm just gonna like combine the names like Warjo. like that that meant nothing, right? Like Glory was oh okay. oh. It'll probably just be one of these, like, random tag teams that Tony Khan thinks will, like, sound cool.
0: Yeah. So, interestingly, because I'm looking to see, well, I was looking to see, if they, like, changed Morrissey's name on the website and everything, I don't even see him listed on the AW roster page. He signed. I know, which is weird. Because if you look under B, there's no big bill. And if you go to the bottom, W... Uh, we got W's Wardlow and Wheeler Utah. That's it. No will, no W Morrissey, no big bill. That's weird. He's not even listed on the roster page.
2: I feel like they only do that for like people who are signed with the company.
1: But isn't he? I thought he was signed.
2: They that uh, he's all elite. Hmm.
0: Maybe not then. And he's around every single week. So I don't know.
1: Uh, so next up.
0: We go backstage to Renee Paquette. She's with Dan Hausen, Orange Cassidy. And Paul Walter Hauser. Now if you don't know Paul Walter Hauser. Paul Walter Hauser an amazing actor. He won a Golden Globe Award last night. And he's a massive. Massive. AEW fan. Like. To the point where he did a movie, oh, the movie, I've seen this movie twice, and I can't remember the name all of a sudden, but it's with um, Kristen Bell, where it's a real life story about these two women who are scamming people with coupons. Well, Paul Walter Hauser is like the main, Well, not he's one of the main, he's like one of the four main characters in this movie, and he ended up getting two AEW references put into this movie. And then also, if you've watched him on um, last season's Cobra Kai, there was a whole scene of him getting out of his car and walking into his apartment, singing and jamming out to Judas. But uh, Paul Hauser, huge AEW fan. He was there tonight. Renee asked, can we see the Golden Globe? And he's like, uh, Renee, can I save it till Rampage? And she's like, sure, I guess. And so... Um, Hauser then asked Cassidy if, hey, things cool with you and best friends after, you know, you and Chuck went at it. And then best friends would walk up. Dan Housen would get confused and call him Paul Walter Housen. And he's like, no, you're Housen. I'm Houser. Housen, Houser. Housen, Houser. And then the best friends did the whole little hand thing. And he's like, can I do it? Can I do it? So he did it. Renee did it. And they all, woo. It was a cute little segment. Nothing to it. Although, we're going to get Paul Walter House. Has... Go for it.
2: I'm a Stingray. <laughs> stingray. And he's hilarious. Oh, yeah. No,
0: he's a great actor. I mean, some of the other things he's been in. Of course, most people right now know him from Cobra Kai. But he was also, um, I don't know if you've heard of the movie Richard Jewell. Another uh, true story he was in. He was in I, Tonya. He was in, oh, it's Queen Pins is the one about the coupon ladies. He was in uh, Disney's Cruella. He was in Black Klansman. So he's been in a lot of big movies. And uh, he won a Golden Globe
1: last night for Best Supporting Actor.
2: Yes, I do watch Cobra Kai.
1: (laughs) Oh,
0: I watch every episode. Like Cobra Kai comes out, I just binge the whole season right away.
2: The last season that came out, I finished that in like four days.
0: Oh, I watched it in like a day and a half. Um, Magma says, I've never watched any of those. Well, you should watch, if you like serious movies, watch Richard Jewell. Watch Itanya. If you like funny movies, watch Queen Pins, because it's him, Vince Vaughn, uh, Kristen Bell, and then I don't know who the, the other girl is. I've never seen her in anything else. And then if you like Disney stuff, he was really good in Cruella as one of Cruella's henchmen. Actually, went and saw not that in theaters. It was pretty good. We got Renee again. She's in the Elite, or she's trying to get to the Elite's locker room. She's like, uh, I'm trying to speak with the Elite, but they're not answering their door. Also, we're getting a number seven in the best of seven tonight. Last time we saw one of those in this building was Pistons and the Lakers, 1988. We then go to the ring, and Kosuke Kaneshka, Ten- Ko- Kanosuke Takeshita, makes his way out. We think Danielson's about to come out, and then he's interrupted. Now comes MJF instead. He interrupts and mocks Takeshita. He says that he isn't a he isn't a lick. He hasn't seen a lick of his matches, but has seen on the Reddit's and Twitter and stuff that people seem to like this kid, even though he's his name is uh well uh. Take a shitter? I didn't really find that too funny. Then he tells him, maybe you should take one tonight, but I also need you to win. Takeshita the then told MJF, kiss my ass and shoved MJF, who demanded that he leave the ring. Referee Aubrey Edwards didn't come out for some reason, followed with some instructions, so MJF just cut this weird long promo. He just kept on going and going and going. MJF said that, People think he can't last 60 minutes with Danielson. So, tells them to ask their mothers and shank girlfriends how long he can last. And I'm like, this guy's just ripping off old Ric Flair jokes and Ric Flair lines. Like, I'm almost getting a little bored and tired of MJF. It's the same stick every week and it ain't nothing new. He just thinks he's Ric Flair. He said, unlike Danielson, he's all about, pinning shoulders on the mat, and banging rats. Again, another Ric Flair line. MJF then calls out Ken Jong at Ringside and mentioned The Hangover and talked about his failed sitcom, Dr. Ken, that ended about six years ago. Then he did have a funny line here with Freddie Prinz Jr. Freddie Prinze Jr. was seen in the front row. He said uh, he doesn't remember She's All That because he was born in 1996. And then said, but I do remember you playing second fiddle to a CGI dog, you Scooby Dooby douchebag. I thought that was, uh, I, it popped me. That line did pop me. And it also popped Freddie Prince Jr. because he laughed as well. He's like, yeah, you're right. And he, he couldn't stop laughing. MJF then said that there won't be an Iron Man match. But before that, he got his tagline in and then Danielson's music hit. Danielson then sprinted down to the ring. MJF kind of was like, Who? Which way am I going? Which way am I going? Which way am I going?" And then jumped out of the ring and then bolted right up the ramp, running away from Danielson. What do you think of uh, MJF's promo here?
2: Weird. I've seen a lot of people on Twitter kind of ripping on MJF because he said that he was saying a little bit of racist stuff. Yeah, I didn't
0: catch any of that. I didn't. I don't know what the racist stuff that he said was.
2: He said- Like, this is America. We speak English to to Kesha.
0: Oh, okay. I must have missed that line then. Gotcha.
2: We're unhappy about that. I mean,
0: that's just a... How do I say it? That's a old school wrestling trick to get heat. That's all it is. We've been hearing that. You know, American wrestlers have said that to the Japanese and the Mexican wrestlers for years. Oh, you want to come to my, you want to come to my country and my company? Learn to speak English. You know, we've seen that in WWE. We've seen in that line in WCW, TNA. Everybody tries to use that line. Every company uses that line. It's nothing new, but I, I guess I can see where people would get upset by it. As far as the match goes, though, this is a really good match. So Takeshita had the early advantage with the blue thunder bomb, but Danielson countered into a headlock takeover. Danielson locked in a Romero special into a dragon sleeper, which Takeshita reversed into one of his own. There was a forearm and a chop battle that ensued until Takeshita got a running start into a Takeshita line. Danielson answered back with an underhook suplex into a Lebel lock attempt, but Takeshita used his size to get to the rope break. Danielson hit a charging corner drop kick, On the third attempt, he was countered with a blue thunder bomb for a two. There was chops from Takeshita that rang out as Danielson moonsaulted him out of the corner with a flying clothesline. Danielson hit a dive onto the floor, but the two battled up the ropes as Takeshita hit a massive lariat off the top and turned Danielson inside out for a two count. Danielson countered a powerbomb attempt into a hurricane rana that took Takeshita outside of the ring where Danielson charged off the apron and and landed kind of awkwardly on the railing, but also knocked down Takeshita at the same time. Danielson then limped, getting up, threw a kick, but Takeshita blocked it into a brain buster on the floor. Takeshita tried a on Atomico off the ropes, but Danielson got his knees up and locked into bell lock, but again, Takeshita got to the ropes to break it. Danielson then fired back with some kicks, but Takeshita blocked the home run shot, which I've said it before, every single week, he goes for that home run shot and they block it. Every week. It's like, come on. It's kind of obvious that's what's going to happen nowadays. There was a violent forearm and a discus lariat that turned Danielson inside out as Takeshita missed the charging knee and Danielson got the anvil elbows. Takeshita battled back by dropping Danielson on his head into a wheelbarrow German for a close near fall. Takeshita then tried another, but Danielson landed on his feet this time, hit a Busaku knee, and only got a two off of it. The crowd is fired up at this point as Danielson stomps down with some boots and then goes for the regal stretch, and Takesh just passed out, knocked out, out of it. They declare Danielson's the winner.
2: Thoughts? It's a good match. I mean, I think eventually in a few weeks we're probably gonna see MJF like bring out some of his own guys to like be I know like singles matches.
0: Next week, Danielson will face Bandito. So, again, we still got seven weeks, and the whole you got to win all the way to February eighth is the thing. So, one, two, three,
1: four more matches.
2: I feel like I wonder who I know in a lot of MJF storylines. MJF like one guy who's not really like signed to the company, like like fight somebody. I wonder who that guy's gonna be.
0: Yeah, I have no clue. Uh, I'm trying to think, because <sighs> I would, for some reason, I was thinking maybe they bring in um Jonathan Gresham because it would be a good matchup for Danielson, but he signed to Impact, so that I don't think can happen. I mean, maybe, but I don't think so.
2: Honestly, I don't think Gresham wants to come back to AEW.
0: <laughs> Probably not. Um. Juice Robinson would make a little bit of sense, but he's probably going to lose to Darby on Dynamite. So I don't think that happens. I don't think they're going to have him lose and then be like one of the guys that's got to face Danielson. So honestly, I have no clue.
2: I think a cool. One would be Richards.
1: Yeah, that would be cool.
2: Ones would probably be Brian Cage and Lance Archer. If you want to bring in some like bigger guys. Right. Danielson.
0: That would make sense. Um, Hot Bubba says, Have you guys? do you guys watch Scooby-Doo? Well, I've seen plenty of the cartoons. I've seen all of the movies with Freddie Prinze and Matthew Lillard in them. But yeah, I mean, I watch some Scooby-Doo. My kids watch it sometimes. The newer stuff.
2: I saw the one where uh, with WWE.
0: No, I've seen all the WWE Scooby-Doo movies, yeah.
1: I think there's two WWE Scooby-Doo movies. Real-life ones. Um,
2: Renee Piquet's backstage
0: with Juice Robinson. Didn't expect this one. He said he's here in AEW to kick ass, take names, and win belts. Speaking of winning belts, he challenges Darby Allin to a TNT title match this week on Rampage. The match was later on made official. Ooh, ooh, the Gravedigger has a good one. Miro against Danielson. That would be a good one.
2: would be cool, but... Really had Miro lose, like, in his return.
1: Ain't doing anything else with him.
2: I mean... Though, because he didn't agree to, like... The original plans that AEW had planned for him.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I honestly don't know what they're doing with Miro. Yeah, I don't know. So, as far as that goes, again, that match has been made official for this week's uh, Rampage. So then we had Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker against Soraya and Tony Storm. They hyped this up as there was going to be some big surprise or there was going to be something major happening. And then for some reason, Soraya was on Twitch this morning as she was getting her makeup done at her house. Remember, she lives in LA, so she was at home before the show. And she just offhandedly goes... Brick gave me two tickets for the show tonight. And I think I know what I'm going to do with those. And nothing came of it. I don't know if she was speaking offhand during her Twitch stream. I don't know if that was supposed to be something planned for the show and something got canceled. I don't know. But nothing really happened here other than Sheeta accidentally helped the heels cheat to win. Other than that, it's just a nothing happening match. And Tony Storm looked like <clears throat> she didn't want to be even out there. Like Tony Storm looked like, I don't give a shit about this match. It's my job, so I'm gonna do the match and then I'm gonna go. Like she did not look like she wanted to be out there at all. I don't know if that was storyline-wise. I don't know if that was real life. I know Excalibur mentioned, you know, Tony Storm, she's got beef with Jamie Hayter, and she's got a stone cold look on her face right now. But it was more than just being To me, at least, and maybe I'm overlooking things. To me, it was more than her being focused on Jamie Hayter. It felt like she was kind of pissed off at something and didn't want to be out there.
2: Ash was honestly kind of let down, honestly. Oh, yeah. A lot of people were pissed off. No Mercedes. Who the heck cares? I mean, I don't. That was
1: just meh. Whatever. Um, why is this not working? There we go.
0: As far as the match does go, Jamie Hader, of course, got a big reaction, and she started off the match with Tony Storm. Hader was sent to the outside, and Soraya hit a tumbleweed off the apron. Back inside the ring, Soraya took the fight to Hader, screaming that it was her house. Hader blocked a double suplex attempt from Soraya and Storm, and then hit them both with one of her own. Storm was sent to the apron where Baker laid her out with a spinning neck breaker off the edge of the ring. Uh, Hader and Baker took turns slamming Storm and Soraya into the guardrails as Akara would walk to ringside with the kendo stick. Storm was an isolated throughout the commercial break on the heel side of things until Soraya made the hot tag and ran wild. She hit Baker with a forearm and um, the former page turner that they now call the nightcap. Baker tried to go for an air raid crash, but Soraya countered into a knee to the face. Storm then hit a sweet chin music on Baker, locked on a clover leaf, but then hater booted her to break the hold. Baker then hit an avalanche raid crash, but Storm somehow kicked out. There was a ripcord double, uh, double forearm from Baker and Hayter that led to a Hayter breaker, but Soraya barely broke up the cover. Storm then fought back with a German suplex and a Storm Zero, but Breaker... Baker, I mean, not Breaker. Baker broke up the pin here. The match then broke down as Baker dropped Saray with a spinning butterfly suplex and Storm and Hater had a long slugfest. Rebel then distracted the referee as Sheeta threw her kendo stick into the ring as as I think it was Storm and Britt laying on the mat. <clears throat> Baker would then get up quicker than Storm, grab the um, kendo stick and smack Tony Storm over the back with it. This, then it allowed Hater to hit the Hater raid, pin Tony Storm, and pick up the victory. After the match, Sheeta's just like, oh, oh, what happened? Oh my God. What? Huh? Huh? What happened? Oh my, like, really? Really? This is kind of lame if I'm going to say so myself. Like, Soraya and Tony Storm lose. So they already beat Soraya. I mean, Soraya didn't take the pin, but they already beat Soraya. But the whole Sheeta being shocked by what happened, like what was she trying to do? Give the kendo stick to Tony After she was supposed to be mad at them from last week? I don't. None of this made sense. And then, what about Soraya's two tickets? I honestly feel like that was something she was shouldn't have said and wasn't supposed to say.
2: So you thought... Nakaro Shields is going to like turn on Soraya and Tony Storm. Same here. Like when this came out. Because if you didn't see her reaction to like not being picked, like like she's going to turn on either Soraya or Tony.
1: Right. As we move forward, out came the Jericho
0: Appreciation Society. I don't know about you. I didn't like any of this. I didn't like. Any of this. And honestly, it got even worse when Ricky Starks' Action Andretti came out, to be honest. So JAS came out, matched gold jackets. Jericho said that he's had a big week, including showing up at the PWG Battle of Los Angeles. Jericho mentioned Ty and Anna winning their street fight on Friday, sending Action Andretti, or saying that they will win their street fight on Friday, sending Action Andretti back to the minor leagues, and ending Ricky Starks' little experiment. Then out would come Ricky Starks in and action Andretti as they interrupted the JAS. They stood up on the stage and Starks said that they're standing while the JAS compared Andretti to Little Orphan Oliver. Andretti told him to shut up or he'll shove him and or shove his baseball bat up his ass. Andretti said Guevara can't control his wife, even her hands, which were between his legs last week. Starks told Jericho to move. So he can talk to Gilligan in that hat, referring to Jake Hager. He called him the village idiot who still has his dumb lisp. Hager said that he'll slap Stark's face off, seemingly quoting Charlie Kelly from "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia." Starks then said that he'll show Hager next week who really is absolute. I didn't like this at all. It didn't get me hyped up for anything, and we do know that next week it's Ricky Starks versus Jake Hager. Couldn't. Care less.
2: Honestly, couldn't understand what Ty Mello was even saying when she had the mic.
0: True, that's why I didn't even recap she what she said.
2: Go I, I had to like just say like, something to like, like, yeah, she's fighter.
1: Yeah. But I mean, cool. It's a match. But you
0: would think if Ricky Starks is. Feuding with the JAS shouldn't have Jericho been like the last match, not the first match. Uh, Cause I mean, who else is he going to face? He's facing Hager next week. So what Sammy, the following. It just doesn't make sense to me.
2: I know we have a lot of time till revolution. I'd say maybe they they can find like one more person, to like add with Ricky. And then it's like Ricky action. Dream one of the person against three members of the JAS.
0: That wouldn't be bad. I actually like that idea.
2: What? Like, Daddy Magic's, like, promo. I thought that was just super weird.
0: Oh, yeah. He was just rambling to ramble. So then we had our main event. This match was insane. I thought Kenny Omega killed himself once or twice. Especially that spot with the table. And then the frickin' Falcon Arrow he took on the floor. I'm like, oh my god. This match was nuts. And Omega was wearing his IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship that he won against Will Ospreay at Wrestle Kingdom. And they referenced it. Kudos on them. One thing I didn't really like is they made it seem like Omega just had that match. Because they were like, yeah, Omega jet-lagged from a 17-hour flight from Japan. And I'm like... He was in Japan a week ago. How long did he actually stay in Japan? He didn't stay in Japan for almost a week. He didn't come back just yesterday. So that was kind of like, don't play dumb with us kind of thing. But other than that, I loved this. This match was great. This match was awesome. Excalibur told us that only one of the three titles need to actually be pulled down for a winner to be uh, named, I guess you could say. So it doesn't have to, like, you don't got to grab all the belts. Like, usually you see where they got to grab, like, everything off the hook. But, nope, all you got to do is grab one belt. The match started off super quick with some dueling backstabbers by Penta and Matt. Pack and Penta hit a slingshot cutter while Phoenix hit a top rope frog splash on Matt. Phoenix cleared a ladder and uh, held by Penta and Pack and took out Omega with a dive. As Nick answered with a dropkick onto the ladder. Matt set up a ladder in the ring and wiped out Penta with a running destroyer. This move was smoother than hell. Like, holy crap, was this destroyer just... Picture perfect. You, you can't do a, a destroyer... Like, there's no way to do a Canadian destroyer better than the way Matt Jackson and Penta did one here tonight. Phoenix cut off Matt on the ladder with a springboard arm drag, and Omega laid out the Lucha Bros with Snapdragon suplexes then originally cut off Omega. who answered back with another slapdragon suplex? He then looked to go for the Terminator dive, but Pack moved out of the way and Omega crashed through a table at ringside. Then immediately the camera cuts, and Matt Jackson jumps off the top rope to the floor, onto pack through a table, go to commercial break. The pace then slows down a little bit as <clears throat> well, much as the pace really can. Penta and Matt had a tug-of-war with a ladder at one point until Penta got trapped in the corner. Nick hit a top-rope springboard dive on Phoenix. Penta tried to take out Matt, who hit a backdrop onto the setup ladder. There was a brutal spot where Phoenix cut off Nick from doing a springboard and hit a top-rope hurricane rana, dropping Nick's hamstring uh, right on top of one of the ladders. Omega tried to grab a ladder, but Pac stomped at his fingers and caught, uh, caught him in between. Omega then nearly caught Pack in a one-winged Angel spot, but Pack countered into a Poison Rana. There was a fear factor. They took out Omega at one point as Phoenix hit a spinning dive onto Nick on the outside. The Bucks then dished out super kicks to both Penta and Pack as Phoenix flew in out of nowhere, but Matt hit the locomotion Northern Lights suplexes and the last one did land on a ladder. Penta was set up on a table on the outside and Nick jumped from the top rope to the floor with the picture-perfect 450 splash through said table. Matt then went for the titles, but Alex Aberhantance would push the ladder over, knocking over Matt Jackson as Brandon Cutler would then spray him with the cold spray and Omega would hit Aberhantens with a V-trigger knee. As Omega went to climb the ladder, Pack would use a hammer to smack the hand of Omega against the ladder, and then he hit a falcon arrow on the... Uh, so he hits the, the, the hammer on the hand. They fall out of the ring eventually. He then looks like he's going to send Omega through this table, but instead just hits a falcon arrow that looks like it hurts so bad because the thud sound that Omega's back made when he hit the mat, holy crap, that did not sound fun.
2: Pack then jumped back. He in. got up that quickly.
0: Yeah, right? The pack made it back into the ring and started to climb before Matt Jackson stopped him. The Lucha Bros then set up another ladder with a bridge from the ladder to the middle rope. And Penta climbed up and delivered a fear factor on the bridge to Matt Jackson. Phoenix then climbed up to try to grab the belts, but Omega would stop him. The two would battle for a second before, for some reason, well, we know know what the reason was, to hit the spot. But Phoenix climbs to the other side of the ladder where Omega is. Omega throws him up on his shoulders. One-winged angel. Off the ladder bridge. Omega's then, this was a little bit weird. There's two spots here that were a little weird. Omega hits the one-winged angel. Phoenix rolls out of the ring. And then Omega's like a turtle on his back. He's going, Pat climbs to the top rope, goes for the black arrow. As he goes for it, Omega gets his knees up. Pac's gone. Omega then pulls the ladder bridge down. Climbs up the ladder. And as Omega's climbing the ladder trying to grab the belt because he can't unhook it at first. Weirdly, Pac and Phoenix are laying on the mat at the bottom of the ladder just going. Uh, uh. I'm like, at least like make it look like you're knocked out or trying to get up. But don't just make us look like, oh, we're trying, but we can't do it. It was a little awkward. But Omega does pull down the middle belt. And wins the match for the elite. Huge pop from the crowd in Los Angeles. Nick Jackson then climbs up the ladder with Kenny. He asks Kenny, you can see him mouth. Are you okay? Kenny then says, yeah. But he's holding his rib and breathing very hard. Matt Jackson kind of climbs up the ladder as well. And they all pose as the show goes off the air. As far as well, what did you think of the match? And then we'll talk about Rampage and Dynamite for next week. That
2: was like freaking amazing. Yeah, like I did. What else I was gonna say though? Mm-hmm.
1: Did but match was great.
0: Wasn't better than Omega Osprey, but this match was still really, really, really good. <clears throat> so as far as Rampage does go, we do know that the Kings of the Kings of Blackthorn, Malachi Black and Brody King, which is weird, they got a new name. We'll be taking on Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale will face Anna J.A.S. and Ty Mello in a street fight. They claimed we'll get their stars on the Walk of Fame. We will hear from Golden Globe winner Paul Walter Hauser. And the TNT title will be on the line when Darby Allin defends against Juice Robinson. As far as next week's AEW Dynamite Does Go, Brian Danielson will be taking on Bandito. As Jake Hager takes on Ricky Starks. So yeah, I don't know why they're not called the House of Black anymore. They're the Kings of the Blackthorn. That kind of just came out of nowhere.
2: I think that's the name for Malachi Black and Brody King. I think when they're all three Mm. of them together, I think they're House of Black. Gotcha. When it's just like Malachi Black and Brody King, they're kings of the Black Throne.
0: Okay. And it's Throne, not Thorn. My bad. I kept saying Thorn. Throne. But that makes a little sense, I guess. But with that, that's what we thought of AEW Dynamite. Now I want to know what you guys thought of the show. Remember, you can do so by text in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. Before we get into all that, we got to check the polls. Let's refresh these polls really
1: quick. Um, As far as the Twitch poll
0: does go. 50% liked the show. 25% thought it was just all right. And 25% didn't like dynamite. As far as the Twitter poll does go. 56% liked the show. 30% thought it was just all right. And 13% didn't like it. And finally, the YouTube poll. 68% liked the show. 19% thought it was just all right. And 12% did not like it. Some of the comments here. This person says, this was a great show. Very happy for Adam Cole. Um, this person says we are blessed all hail hater. Another one, Adam Cole, baby. Another what? Excuse me. Another one. Welcome back. Adam Cole. A lot of people happy to see Adam Cole. Um, this person said it was all right. Could have been better. Lots of botches. I really didn't see really any botches. I don't know about that. That's probably just someone just wanting to talk shit. As far as. Let's see. The text messages do go. It says, what are your thoughts on the Elite becoming AEW World Trios champions? I really don't have any thoughts because they never lost their belts. So it's basically just going right back to where they were before the whole Punk incident. So I really have no, no thought on, okay, they got the belts back. We knew they were going to get the belts back. It was inevitable.
2: Especially it was in... It was a hometown win. That's where like we knew they were going to win the belts tonight cuz AEW they love those hometown wins. Yeah. So Seems like their next challengers House of Black. Black. Unless, yeah, probably them.
1: Um this question I can't
0: answer. This person says What is Succession, and why are people comparing it to Vince McMahon? I've never seen the show. I think it's a Showtime show. But I've never seen it, so I can't answer the question. Have you ever seen Succession? Never heard of it. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. People tell me it's good, but it's like four seasons long. It's on, oh, it's an HBO show. Okay, it's an HBO show. But other than that, I didn't even know what channel it was. I thought it was a Showtime show. But other than that, I really don't know what the show is. So, I know it's got Adrian Brody in it. Because a lot of times when I see, like, promotional images for the show, it's got Adrian Brody. So, that's all I know.
2: What's the show even about?
0: A wealthy family. I just know that people keep saying that it's about a wealthy family that only cares about themselves. Like Vince McMahon. So, honestly, I have no idea. Let's see. What is the Google synopsis on what this show actually is? Let's see. Here, we'll go to IMDb and see what IMDb says. the show's got like four seasons. It says, The Roy family is known for controlling the biggest media and entertainment company in the world. However, their world changes when their father steps
1: down from the company. Okay. Cool. I've heard it's good. I've just never watched it myself.
0: Um, this person says, "Is Sheeta turning heel because she wore red and Jamie and Britt also wore red?" No, I don't think that means anything. Sheeta always wears red. Am I wrong? Sheeta's always got red gear or red clothes
1: on. Oh
2: yeah, always. And I don't know if her, her like wearing red is her turning heel. I don't know yeah. if that's do anything. Anything. I mean. But- I feel like there's a good chance she turns heel.
1: Yeah,
0: I mean Tony Storm is usually in red, so that really doesn't mean anything. Like mean, tonight, she wore black and white. I I think if I'm thinking correctly, but Tony Storm usually wears red as well.
2: For black and white, and she normally wears like red and black. Right.
0: Yeah, because I'm looking at like a poster hyping up the match for tonight, and she's got. Black and white with red letters of uh, Storm going down both sides of her. Yeah, red letters of Storm going down both sides of her tights. Red and black gloves. And then on her top, it's got red stitching. Yeah, she wears red too. Means nothing. And this last text message here says... Where is... Oh, I don't know what this means. Where has Andrew Yang been when he said he... Go after Vince if Biden gets... I don't know. I didn't really... I know Andrew Yang's a politician that wanted to try to go after Vince McMahon as far as the classification of a um, independent contractor, but seems like that guy was
1: all talk, no bite. But with that, any closing thoughts on Dynamite?
2: I thought... Pretty good matches. It was a pretty... Inconsistent shows like One part was good the next part was just Meh
0: Yeah
2: Good like the first match was good And the last match was amazing A solid job Announcing two things for Dynamite for next week So that's good
0: Well they said more will be announced on Rampage like always I think they're trying to do the whole Watch Rampage to learn about next week's Dynamite Kind of thing again because like they did that early on And then they kind of got away from that And now they're trying to do that again with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will be back live Friday morning for the wrestling wrap-up. And then Friday evening for Friday night SmackDown. So, with that, guys, have a great rest of your Wednesday. Have a great rest of your week. And we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.